Okay, motherfucker! What are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at you, miss. not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute Production special decade project uh, where we're going back through this year, the films of 2013. And I have decided to enlist the originals. All right, let's put the fucking band back together if you're going to go all the way back to 2013 to talk about one film, probably, I would argue, like one of the last great and truly original Marvel films. Let's firstly introduce a man who prodded and poked and instigated uh, in the best possible way this series, a Twitter scamp, um, someone who... (laughs) who makes me laugh but i can never ever like any of his responses to any tweets because it would get me in so much trouble it's too cute everybody here he is back on the show actually a pleasure to be here i just like keeping people on it (laughs) yeah yes you do you absolutely do and internet trailblazer the only movie newsman online that is actually still doing it with integrity it's garth franklin everyone dark horizons own how are you sir i not too bad. I prodded and poked in a completely different way. Yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We just glossed over the prodding and poking that has happened between us <laughs> over this uh, time. So, lads, I got you in. Um, you guys are kind of doing a, a double feature, double act on two episodes back to back of the decade project. I decided to start with the much more mainstream, um, affectionately named "Kiss Kiss Clang Clang" by the lovely John Favreau. Um, it is Iron Man Three from Shane Black, written by Drew Pierce and Shane Black. I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl, and occasionally save the world. So why can't I sleep? You elected me on a single platform. I will defend this country at all costs. The Mandarin must be stopped. You don't know who I am. You'll never see me coming. revenge we do need backup that's your department there's my boys right in the pocket of marvel phase two when there wasn't 27 phases of this thing when we were still absolutely and utterly thrilled about these flicks. And it's one that's had probably was probably unfairly maligned at the time because it just, you know, it was so different. It was 
not necessarily in step with where the rest of the series is going. And this was a funny phase because it was like big swings that were really super successful. Like you had Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and then ones that were pretty trashy, even though they've kind of been resurrected by things like Endgame, like uh, Thor The Dark World. But we had Iron Man 3. This was such a fun time to be a, a Marvel fan and such a fun time to be a superhero fan at this time because we also had Guardians coming up. But Iron Man 3, 2013, made a spooling bucks as these movies have want to do. But man, I, I, I was so happy going back to it because I truly feel like this is when every one of these new movies that they gave to someone really felt like it had the stones to be its own thing. Yeah. And it felt like the last time, one of the biggest things I hate about the MCU now is um, the introduction of the nanotech where we just touch our temple and we put on whatever costume we need. This feels yes. like one of those last times that there was actual, like, I know it's all VFX for the most part anyway, but it actually felt like he had moving parts in the suit and the yes. suit had a certain weight and a heft to it when he moved. Like, it felt like he was still a guy in it, not uh, in a, just doing the sound, just doing the voice work, like jumping to the heads up display. And when he would bump, bump into things, it actually felt like he, he had the suit on, which was nice. And it felt a lot more grounded compared to sort of, where we are now, which is a bit alarming. Yeah, traveling along. And Iron Man 3 is the grounded version. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that disassembly of the costume is, is key to the whole plot. That's the whole thing is all that parts that come, you know, split apart and come back together and all that kind of thing. That's yeah. a huge part of the whole appeal of, the, of this story. And I love also um, that- But like, you're right- The nanotech as well, like as you said, Stu, sorry, Garth, we'll jump back into you in just a second, but it's yeah. that whole like the actual- not body horror, but it's like the body modification aspect of it. Like, like stamping these little senses through his entire body and like yeah. putting band-aids on and like, you know, I'm, I'm putting these nano, you know, remotes in my body to call different aspects of the suit to different parts of my body. I, I mean, we didn't get to see him inject anything into his junk, but we can only make the assumption. Um, but well, it just... that's, that's the classy thing to do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. From a storytelling point of view as well, there's something about the actual the slowing the sort of action down to put for the suit to go on. It just gives everything a moment to pause. I think one of the problems in sort of, we, as you're saying, you're jumping 10 years and we're coming to modern day and sort of looking at the two. When we start going through portals and people just popping up out of nowhere and striking, there's no... We never just slow down and actually focus on the action the way we should. It was funny re-watching Avatar and watching the when the, the ship is chasing the like the 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 um the jet is chasing the dragon for the first time. Yes. And it's all relatively slow. But Cameron's mm. like just getting right in and you're sort of it just grinds everything down and lays a focus on the these movements and they're not zipping by at a thousand miles. And I think that's what these modern things are missing. Like everything just zips on and we're jumping and we're going and we're, instead of actually like, boom, let's suit up. Let's have a bit of weight to this. Let's do something. It was just interesting how many times in this, it actually just paused to, to actually make that suit come onto him. And it just makes you focus in on every little moving cog and wheel. And mm -hmm. I, I miss that. But this is also, this is before that time of like so many, supporting characters and so much interlinking with the cinematic universe. And, you know, you had that, there's that window between the rough early phase one stuff where it's all, you know, you know, the Edward Norton Hulk and all that kind of stuff where it's a little, Oh, this is not, not quite working that well. Um, and that period probably from about 2015, 2016, um, when they just started becoming so interconnected, like a TV show, it just doesn't work. You know, there's just so much, so many chefs to cater for at different, point, you know, catering different yeah. points. So it's 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 losing that sort of time where you can spend just focusing on the process of stuff and focusing on the consequences of different things. It's not. And I, yeah, I'm by I'm by no means a a Shane Black acolyte. I think there's a. Oh, I am. Fairly, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I exactly. Am. There's a there's a fairly vocal thing of people that like he can do absolutely no wrong and i think oh no he can do wrong he can do wrong. The this, predator. This feels like <laughs> he can do wrong well, this, well yeah but this feels like like watching this feels almost like playing shane black bingo you're like oh let me guess he sets it at christmas 
and he's got a like a wise cracking like kid <laughs> and he's got the the henchman with like the the witty wordplay and it's like it somehow still works in this i'm like i think he's yeah made, but- i like I'm this high is the on one, things like night does, but I'm lower. This is on one of the last like, ones. Bang bang. Well, this is one of the last ones where you had an auteur in charge doing a Marvel yeah. film that gets to do his own thing, where yeah. it's not completely smothered by the formula. And so yeah. that whole there's the implication that this the twist that they have with the Mandarin in this thing was so upset the fan base, like the hardcore yeah. Marvel types, that Faye kind of came in and said, "All right, you know." We're going to be much more vetting of things now. We're going to be much more sort of locked down on things before we start. And so a lot of those individual filmmakers have come along since then. Your Chloe Zhao's, your, uh, you know, the, the two who did Little Bit Sunshine, that did Captain Marvel, that kind of stuff. It feels yeah. like they're restrained, that you don't get to hear their voice anywhere near as much. The only two that have sort of really escaped that in the later phases were, were Gunn and Cobbler. Yeah, right, sorry. but they, um, they had the runs on the board from... Yeah, and also I think yeah, it was and they sort of had the characters that, they kind of yeah. they were kind of separate from the thing, so they could do their gonna, own whatever they want. I was just going to say the hierarchy of the characters because it was funny at the time. You know, the, the the top three characters that they had, or sorry, top four, were like Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, and kind of once they had those, it felt like oh, okay, we've got to lock these down to be very specific things. And then when Guardians was introduced, it was like, oh, what the hell? Like we don't even know if this is going to work. And they basically yeah. were like, let's do it. And then it was. A, such a bombastic smash and so refreshing um that you know that that was all of it a thing of its own and then black panther it was almost like we don't really know what to do here and so they just kind of trusted kugler after the incredible success of his still completely underrated creed um which is absolutely yeah. sensational and, <laughs> and and so you, you kind of have those things but it is a bit Shane Black Bingo. I do get that. And if you're not an acolyte, I totally understand it as well. But like, this is the last time that in a movie in this series that Tony Stark's like, you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? Like, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. the last time and that it was like biting, funny, like just like silly, even with the henchman, like how far away is how far away yeah. is Oklahoma? And he says it and he goes, I'm good. Like, oh yeah, the guy with the, yeah. the ponytail guy was like the, ponytail guy. the, other, the other line that I absolutely loved is when they're at in the final scene when him and Rody are behind the wall and he goes, I'll have a look. And he looks and yes. he goes, What'd you see? He goes, I was too quick. <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. see it. <laughs> and there are those that like it works. I think like I love I love Shane Black's writing. I just don't yeah. think it's like I've been, I'm still, I'm out there on the front line of the nice guys every single day, banging the drum as we all are. But I don't think he can do absolutely no wrong. But there are times in this where I think this might be RDJ's best work for the, like, oh. for the franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The PTSD like, aspect He gets of to be Tony Stark, actually. A, he gets to be Tony yeah. Stark, but yeah. He does the, all the, the panic attack thing, which you don't really see in American movies. The, 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 um, panic, the panic attack PTSD aspect of it is so amazing like it's actually it it grounded those stakes so well and i think that even though people didn't like thor the dark world like when winter soldier came out pretty quick succession with this it was like oh these might be the two best marvel movies i think if people were doing their lists winter soldier would probably pretty high on a lot of people's lists or not certainly on mine and 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 at this period and i'm just like this is actually good like all that bombastic and splash and all that sort of stuff it does have human consequences and there's a human toll and with tony it's himself like that scene where he's having a nightmare and pepper grabs his shoulder and the freaking suit comes in and grabs her yeah. and pulls him away it's yeah. like mm. there's some kind of like dark elements to this in like a not trite way like it actually really works and it's fun and it's silly and it yeah i just i i i totally have all the time in the world for this whereas like if you some of these new movies that are coming out i'm just like no i'm good like i'm fine and then like eventually now like kate my nearly five-year-old son scarily nearly five-year-old son is just like dad can we watch this and that's usually the barometer i'm like yeah man cool we can check it out yeah he's like wait (laughs) there's a spider-man there's more than into the Spider-Verse. I'm like, yeah, it's quite a few Spider-Man movies. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to go on to see many, many more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's, but it let's... also does the, smart, it, it does the smart thing as well of like, and I think most superhero films are at their strongest when you rip 
the superpower away from the hero. Yes. You actually sort of like you, and this is the problem where we've just got like bulletproof and it's my issues with sort of the John Wick franchises. They keep going. There are just, there are zero stakes. And this felt like when he's going around without anything and he's having to like scramble. Oh, and he's breaking into the, the, the Miami mansion sort of thing with the, just yeah, the glove. That, and, the... and when he's come from the bar fight and there's all, mm. all that sort of stuff, I was like, this is what you need. You need a degree of vulnerability to make it, to make it work. And this is sort of pre, like I say, there's a lot of VFX here and there's a lot of old school sort of green screen, but wasn't it awesome just to see it wasn't that long ago. We could shoot the hell out of a bar. Yes. We could go into it all. Like we could go into a, like a Midwestern bar with like or a in- drunk sheriff and everyone there. And I'm like, someone said on Twitter the other day, like well, I can't remember who it was where they're like every film from the eighties, looks like so much better than anything today. And like, even now we're getting the nostalgia. I want to quote that tweet because it's from one of my favorite all-time follows. Um, You must follow him. You can find him at J Frankensteiner. So it's John Frankensteiner rather than John Frankenheimer on Twitter. And it says, it's crazy how the most disposable movie from the eighties has cinematography that goes harder than most things being produced today. You'll stumble on a piece of shit starring the two Corys and the night scenes will look like a fucking Michael Mann movie. And I'm like, that's yeah. my guy, dude. That's my fucking I, guy. I know me, because at the time we were saying these things are as disposable as Guardians 3 now. And we yes. were saying at the time it was gaudy and it's ugly and it's not the things like, there's still the hamburgers that we still shouldn't be eating and definitely 10 years <laughs> later shouldn't be going back to. But just compared to that sort of washed out gold and purple look that the MCU has sort of clung mm. to now and especially in the latest ant-man they've that um that like the quantum realm has those and guardians to an extent just have those washed out purples all the vibrancy is gone i was like yeah there are so many sets that look real this looks like you you're in an office you're actually in a bar you're actually in a house like which feels <laughs> nowadays they're like could you tell we filmed this all in the volume? And you're like, yes. <laughs> yes, I can. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, funnily enough, I, I believe it. Like, Even as a That's why, that's why, that's why visually, visually, the only probably really weakest parts of the film is like the bit where his house gets destroyed because there's so yes, much yeah, CG yeah, smoke in there. Yeah. And that's the yeah. one part where it's like, yeah, this just doesn't look that great. Whereas so much of the other, the night scenes in the snow and everything, wow, on the other hand, like, they yeah, amazing. when he's carrying yeah. the physical prop of the empty Iron Man suit in the snow. I remember Mm. that in the trailer. And then I, you see it there. It's like, I've got to give him full props on the action. The bit where he's flying, you know, flying around the room with just the glove and the the, the boots. And that's just, it's obviously him in a wire, but it's actually being done. And, you know, the same with the, the, the whole thing with the air force one, the big skydive scene. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yes. They're CG'd an Iron Man to the scene. So probably on top of an actual skydiver, but the actual, there's people actually doing, some group skydiving shit. There's yes. people getting dumped yeah. into the water and some of them. Of they, of yeah, actually, yeah. And I that really scene enjoyed, rules um, so hard because, like in Superman yeah. movies, they've done versions of that scene. Even Superman Returns has a pretty terrific one that's similar to that, where like Superman flies up, saves Lois in a plane, etc. Mm-hmm. But like that scene, I remember watching that and being like, I was like, man, this this kind of rule, like it kind of has Point Break vibes. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> like they yeah, it works because you have. It, it's it's good with the use of the music. It just it's not overbearing on the scene. It just let it go. There's a lot of just actual sky noise and lots of stuff. It has a, a whole concept of your barrel of monkeys thing, and so it just yeah. builds and builds. And then you have Paul Bettany doing the countdown and all that kind of stuff, and it's all like yeah, it just flows. Yeah, but then so to good. finish it on the button, to finish it on the gag of yeah. of yeah. the truck, <laughs> like that's the perfect. It's actually the perfect edit point to be like, ah, oh, I didn't see the truck coming, and you because you're like, what the what the hell? Like it it looks great. I mean. I'm. I thought Guy Pierce is just—he's the type of person you want in these things, coming in to swing for the fences for the two hours. Ten out of ten. Becky, Becky Hall is great fun, even though probably underutilized for what, like, well, what yeah, the character was completely redone. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it, I was—I'm so glad I've got Garth on this show because he can tell us. But, but also, can we just can we pull one out for just how fucking good? Ben Kingsley is as the Mandarin. Like, yeah. it's... I'll get even further than that. That whole, the whole Miami sequence, I mean, the, the, where he gets into the mansion. How many yeah. Marvel movies can you have a movie? You know, there's none other like this where you have one of the heroes walking through essentially a, 
a mansion full of like a, a late yeah, night. It's like, there's like coked out hookers and yeah, yeah, coked yeah, out hookers. Like the- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that girl's yeah. brilliant. I'm gonna get her on the show. She's outstanding. If I wanted yeah, a guest yeah. to talk about I'm I want to talk yeah. to that girl, bikini clad. Gun finger girl from the scene in the Miami mansion and the ponytail guy are my two number one draft picks for this kind of chat. Yeah. That's the old Matt Gawley show, the um I Was There Too podcast. Yeah. Where yeah. he went around finding the biggest, the biggest extras in or the smallest extras in the biggest scenes. And it was that'd be perfect for that. Matt Gawley, if you're uh, listening, we love we loved your show, James Bonding. Oh, Matt Gawley, if you're listening, uh, yeah. find the finger gun chick. She rules. <laughs> It's even just him, like Kingsley, coming out of the toilet, going, "Oh, I wouldn't go in there for a while." And <laughs> just, just such a great twist on it. Like, I think that's and it, what a way to shove it up the sort of Asian stereotypes of like the sixties and seventies of the comics, anyway. Of like all the all the angry neckbeards at home going, "We want our racist Mandarin." Give us like, <laughs> like uh, where's his like Fu Manchu moustache? Like moustache, and where's his <laughs> Like, you know, where's all the Asian iconography? I just thought it's such a smart way to play with it. And they lost, I don't know, maybe we, they've lost that, like, sort of self-awareness. Yeah, they got a lot of, they got enough about it. from that. That's, they're not going to do that kind of bold thing again. That was, it was a real swing for the fences for them, that was. And it actually, you know, it plays in the theatre. When you're watching it in the cinema, I remember people, like, were laughing their heads off when the sort of the big Kingsley reveal sort of thing's happening. Yeah, but you can tell. There's obviously some group of people who are just like fuming. Hashtag uh, not my Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, and if it this, paved this... the way to get Tony Leong, then so be it. But, but that's the yeah. way it goes. You know, it's it's like the same thing happened with you know Starship Troopers, where you go go in and see that in the cinema audience, and some people actually get are in on the joke, and the yeah. other people think yeah. it's like a like a straight face, and you're like, what? <laughs> but this this still felt when they were like these were silly. These were meant to mm. be. Like it before it it's started. It's still a comic. It. It's still a comic yeah, book, guys. And this oh, you still felt- the scene with the, the cameraman in the truck, the, the Italian oh, stock band, yeah, there and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's like it's pure comedy. And even the goofiness of like the president being in like the Iron um, Iron Patriot. Patriot suit. I was mm. like, that looks straight out. Like that shot looks like it's straight out of a corny 60s, 70s comic book. Like <laughs> yeah. that mm. looks. Like, like in in twenty pages, we saved the president, and we saved the like that. The <laughs> scale of that seems like it was perfect for sort of Iron Man, which they've kind of gone away from now. Like, we didn't mm. really have. I love that we 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 spent about point three of a second on like Guy Pierce's like backstory. Now mm. that has to be stretched out to be like, here's mm. your hour long arc that you're not actually the villain. Where I like that this is like, yeah, you know what? I'm just, I'm the villain. And He's so selfish he and greedy <laughs> and that's what he is. Yeah. Like it's, it's all sure, about the like, money. And it's all right to have Lex Luthor. It's all like they don't need to be a jaded person from the hero's past that, you know, from a certain point of view, they're, they're actually or, the or good like guy. a brother or something like that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just, just like comics, are, like you're the dark hats, you're the light hats and just go. I think there was a, you know, I, I don't really think we've, benefited in the last like again in this 10-year period we've had some notable villains but these were felt like we're on a different track there Mm. at that time garth can you give Stu and i and the people listening a bit of the skinny on the rework because i know that you would have absolutely sort of heard how the script was reworked but you talked about becky hall who's phenomenal an absolutely phenomenal actor and filmmaker she's getting better and better like you know, she was at this kind of weird nexus period where she was like living out of a bag and staying in hotels and like bouncing from things like the town into Iron Man three and, and Vicky Christina Barcelona. And she was like bouncing the around gift. these films. The gift the, is great. Yeah. She's bouncing around mm-hmm. all these different films and then she gets, you know, now she's making films, which is even more awesome, but can yeah, you give us a, was great. Can you give us a, yeah, passing was terrific. Can you, give, I, can you give us a bit of a skinny on that? Not a lot to give. All that, the one thing that is that was very well known was that um, Rebecca Hall was supposed to be supposed to be the real Mandarin. That she was going yeah. to be revealed okay. as a, sort of the big thing, the big bad, as opposed to like working for Pierce. She was going to be sort of the big one controlling it all. And then they kind of cut back her character. How much? The question is how much was shot and how much was actually in the script. That's that's where the line. I'm not sure where that happened. Where it was they changed around and that sort of thing. Um, but it got it really reworked. Feels quite like a bit. It really feels like that. <clears throat> that turn could have been fucking amazing, 
right? Like it mm. could have been like that she's the big bad who's orchestrated all of this to get to trap Tony, a former relationship. I mean, I, I, it, it sounds great. And obviously the fact that it's Pierce, it's cool. But yeah, no, I, I really love that. Um, it has I, the feeling of like that there's, because it's, it's a three-act thing. So everything before the snowy Colorado, whatever yeah. sort of area, and then, uh, sorry, Tennessee, that's what it was. Uh, and then uh, all the stuff in the ship docks and the post Air Force One. Everything sort of in between then is is the real sort of Shane Black stuff. Yes. And that's Ooh. the stuff that felt like it's been, you know, pretty locked from the beginning. Whereas the first act and that third act feel like stuff that got reworked quite a bit. Yes. I I do love though, and I still I remember my I couldn't get it out of my head, especially after recently being a teacher. The line, I consider myself a teacher. Like I yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. and when I watched yeah. it again and the 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 monologue is some people call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. America, ready for another lesson? Like, yeah. man, the lines. <laughs> he does this, the old panto that, voice for like that, the actor. And that intercutting and Kingsley just chewing everyone's face off in every yeah. scene that he's in in this movie. I'm like, this fucking rules. Like, this is a yeah. great idea. It's a great conceit. And it's even funnier just how damn convincing it is in that. And also, if you're looking at it from a, like a real character perspective, you can tell how like this very seemingly obvious thing by the time you get to it has been orchestrated or it seems like it's blown up because you've got a guy who's mentally psychologically compromised for the whole first part of the film. Like it's like, it's saying yeah. the the smartest guy in the world can't see through the, the iconography can't see through this kind of weird amalgam of different, you know, uh, you know, orientalist thoughts, you know, and fears and fear mongering from that time. He can't see through it to see that it's a, a charade right until the point that there's oh, no, a kind of no, he, there's, there's a line early on where he says, you know, there's a lot of pageantry going on here. A lot of, yes. sort of thing, he, yeah, he knows something's up, but he can't figure he out. Can't, he can't is. put his finger on it. Yeah. You're spot on, but yeah. he can't put his finger on it because he's just, he's compromised. And I even love that scene where the little boy goes, like ask him the question in the bar at the beginning when he's there with Rhodey. And he runs out to the suit yeah. to check that he's... Yeah. Where, they, <laughs> yeah. where they're trying to get his autograph. And yeah. he's like, yeah, the two kids. Um, well, that's the other thing. Because, I mean, this was only, what was it, maybe the second or third film with John Cheadle. Um, second fi- second film. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about um, uh, prisoners next. And it's just interesting to see that what they lose with the with the actual changing out for bringing Cheadle in. I mean... <laughs> It'd be, mm-hmm. I always think it'd be interesting to see if they never made the change, what it would have looked like if Terrence Howard had a state. But I thought, like, he's, he's a great he's actor. Great in, Don Cheadle's great as an action. He's sort of think I'm annoying we didn't get enough, like, we didn't get more of him in that period of um, some, some more action. Um, <laughs> the one thing that, the one thing that I think is still good, and this people will hate hearing this, I still think Gwyneth Paltrow is really good in this. She's like, good. For what she has to do. <laughs> for what she has to yeah. do. Like, She's actually like, for, she's not given much to do, but when she's on screen, mm. she's putting in, she's this putting in like, the work. This like, is pre-Goop Gwyneth. And I also think, it is. <laughs> and, and I also think what's hilarious is anytime that Gwyneth talks about being in these movies, there's an amazing episode of the chef show. So if you're, a, you know, if you're a fan of John Favreau and the movie chef, which I utterly adore, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Indi- American Indies, maybe one of my favorite movies that he's ever done or things he's ever done in his life. Terrific movie. There's a great episode on the chef show with he and Roy Choi where Gwyneth's talking about the fact that she forgot she was in the first Spider-Man movie. Like she just completely forgot that that's, she was actually even in there. I'm like, that's when I like Gwyneth when she's forgotten, she's even in a Marvel movie. She probably got a million bucks and forgot. Like it's, it's, it's good stuff. But also she probably turns up and, for the amount of post-production work and for what she's walking around on, like the green, the green screen set, those old, like, cause back when it, where you'd see those behind the scenes things and it's just the tiered, like literally mm. green oblongs everywhere. And she's like, then like 18 months later gets the email saying, do you want to come to Iron Man three premiere? No, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. I've got stuff on. <laughs> and like, was I in this one? Like, was I in there? Like, who was the... <laughs> Who's, who's the who was the lead in who's the female lead from um from Sopranos who was just in Avatar two? Yeah, where she she thought Avatar two tanked and never came out after she that's filmed right. her. Yeah, that's right. She, she shot it like three like, years. 
Yeah, and she's like, I just thought it fell over or died on the vine and we never heard anything. <laughs> then it comes out and she's like, oh, yeah, I was also in that. And it's, I think... <laughs> But, but, you that, know, happens, but that happens with these movies. They had this. Um, I remember they interviewed the the, the kid in this, uh, Ty Sheridan, and so he pops up in Endgame in the funeral scene. Yes, he and does. Apparently, he shot he shot that eighteen months before it actually got released, and so yeah. he couldn't say anything for like nearly two years because it was like he was told, "Oh, you're going to be in this thing. Just pop in for a day yeah. and come back." Bang, there you are. Well, or even Chadwick Boseman used to like be quite proud of the fact he's like, "I don't. These aren't the movies I watch." I'm not into, mm. like, sorry, I don't watch superhero movies. I'm out watching <laughs> my friends in a, like, oh, I'm consuming my my art that I want to consume. I think we all get so r- riled up because for us on the outside is always looking in. We're like, how would you not want to walk around and, like, be with Tony and, and ask John Favreau about stuff? And you go, oh, that's right, because their perspective is completely different. But what's interesting in the, the 10 years that's happened, we didn't have mm. Disney+. Plus. No. Like that's come, like streaming has come along. I sort of to have, yeah. I've got this on DVD upstairs when I was like, oh, just watch it on Disney Plus. Favreau's gone on to be one of like the major players, obviously at Lucasfilm now and everything else. And we've gone from strength to strength from this. Mm. RDJ's gone up and is now sort of plateaued. He's, he's seeing what he wants. He can basically has enough yeah, money to say, just do whatever he wants. <laughs> he's made out like a bandit in this, with all within this 10-year period. And even when was when was Endgame? That was what, three years ago now? Is it three? Uh, four. Coming up to four. So it really in that six-year window is that's where RDJ wow. went, went quite like scaled those heights very quickly and then made the cash and got out. And it's you know, it's it's fascinating to see what's happened in that in that time, and I think, you know, maybe with Guardians that Marvel sort of slightly corrected, or um, we'll see what happens with um, <laughs> with Kang the Conqueror to see if they've got a phase five <laughs> or not. They may there may be some the writer strike maybe have uh, halted uh, the phase phase five <laughs> rewrite that's probably required at the moment. But it is it is interesting to see what how big this has actually gotten, and I don't think even then we would have predicted that the TV show like that was always the pipe dream, right? That they'd be like, and you'll have the interconnecting TV shows that you have to watch. Well, they, I think that's so. the thing they did at that time. They started having they had like Shield. And did they have Netflix? Just it no. just started. No, that hadn't started yet. So I think yeah. Shield had just started, and Agent Carter, yeah. which was actually surprisingly good, that one, um, yeah, had just started. But they were. But all the TV shows before them were never connected to the movies. They were like, you hear me in the TVs, you had mentions of the movies, like events in the movies. Yeah. But yeah. there was no, there was maybe one or two characters came guest starred, but there was never any crossover back. It was, was like never, the, the, was the girl from Thor who we see in a flashback yeah, like fighting yeah, something was, was in one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, like yeah, the yeah. only one that carried over was Coulson. Um, yeah, and I, I maybe watched two episodes of that show. I, I don't even really remember it personally. And then Agent Carter was one that, like, it wasn't really on Australian TV. Like, you couldn't really. No, get no, it they, 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 no. They, they didn't know what to do with it. They, they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, and and, and yeah, it, was, it was a weird period kind of mystery thing, but it actually had good comedy in it. Yeah, and uh, that was something you didn't really get. That sort of stuff. DC was struggling in the movies. It actually was doing very well on television with that whole Arrow, Flash, whatever thing. Yeah, the Arrow yeah. yeah. Marvel was doing strong in the movies, and then TV was just not. It's not doing very well. <laughs> you had that and golden is- period of like Daredevil and Jessica Jones in their first seasons were very strong first season, but then and it, this was at least it. satisfying not not to be uh, blue blue beam in the sky for its finale as well. Yeah, like just oh, to yeah. have. <laughs> It was a fairly grounded, like all of those, those three, the first three Iron Man films were all like that. I mean, he, well, who's he fight? He fights Whiplash and then fight for. Where is my board? Where is my board? Where is bird? This is not my bird. Um, and then the first bird. one, he's obviously fighting Jeff Bridges, like he fights the mm. warmonger. Then the second one, they have, they're fighting all the suits, like the, mm-hmm. the knockoff suits from the, the Hammer one. And then this, it's a fairly, yeah, it is that sort of small scale skirmish that I think 
it'd be nice to go back to, and it's not just. Oh, yeah. I mean, the others were sort of an inverse of the hero's powers. At least this feels somewhat fresh with the, the sort of, I mean, the logic of when people do and don't blow up when they're Warren G regulating. Um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. The trouble is everything after this sort of had, it was either that wormhole in the sky, world ending, yeah. big, big thing like that, or it was a fight like Black Panther with a fight on a really bad CG or yeah. it, it, was, it was just this like, over-the-top visual like, effects kind even, of thing. Even and Black that's why Panther, which is probably, you know, I would totally understand people saying the best Marvel movie ever, some people could say is Black Panther, and I would hear that argument and probably agree. Yeah. Like that, it's. <laughs> but even Black Panther has a fucking ghastly end fight. The end fight stinks up the whole movie. Like the bar fight in the actual body of the movie rules and yes, it's an actual bar fight it's a bar fight <laughs> and then the end with the train and the suits and the bouncing yeah. around that all stinks and then fortunately kugler can immediately resurrect the terrible scene by having like this emotional you know philosophical quandary conversation of killmonger yeah. and and chadwick mm. in death like that you know as he's passing and then like has that phenomenal ending where like wakanda comes to america or into the ghetto to like actually make its presence known in the world which is so cool and so moving and terrific like that movie top to bottom yes. is spectacular but, the, but it, those 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 scenes feel like on the script is like then superhero stuff happens and then <laughs> i take back over like the AD and it, comes in and shoots. It, like, it infects everything. That's why, I mean, WandaVision had the same thing. It was started out such a good series and then it just it ended in a big sky fight slash wormhole. Like, whatever. And the one, the one that it, escaped it, funnily enough, and it's probably one of the best ones in the recent years, was Loki, which the yeah, entire final season was, finale was Jonathan yeah. Majors and the two actors, two Loki actors sitting in a room talking. That was it. Yeah. There was just the, three um, actors in a room. And yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Majors, he was really good at getting his words to like wrap around someone's throat and pin them to the wall. I noticed in mm. that. Like, it was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> too, oh, soon. Oh, oh. Too, soon. too soon. Allegedly. Can we take him anywhere anymore, Gar? We can't take him anywhere. 10 years and I'm still making those gags. Oh, <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. I'm going to right turn into, can I just say, if your cast has James Badge Dale, William Sadler, Mm. Dale Dickey as Mrs. Davis, Mm. Miguel Ferrer, Mm. I'm in. Like, I'm just actually 150% in. Like, it is just a pure 80s schlock cast. All the best. Bill Sadler and Miguel Ferrer is the president, (laughs) vice president. It's like, ah. It's like Miguel. Miguel Ferrer has never told a lie on screen in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he's never. He has like, only so, told lies on screen. Yeah, he's it's like, so good. Like he just, yep, that's exactly what he is. He's the vice president. Bang. Like, and cool. and, and what's even more like, hilarious, it's like, it's like the the last movie that I remember Miguel Ferrer in and loving him as much is Hot Shots Part Two. Like it's yeah. um, like, and that's a movie where he's blatantly honest in every line, and it's just played yeah. for absolute yeah. stunning it's hilarity, really and it's just so cool. fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you crank you crank Iron Man three two or three degrees to the left, and you're in Hot Shot as well. Yeah, it's it's just you're you're right there on the line, but like great choice of supporting cast, like uh, as far as like top tier AAA triple A class actors, and then we get right down to the E's. You know what I mean? It's like, you're just, it's like, like the E plus legends who like, you see their face, you're like, I fucking love this guy. Like Miguel Ferrer yeah, the, the, has been in. The a, who's a who of that guy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's like, and that, I think that's another thing that the MCU is missing a little bit. Like we sort of, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still like what someone like Redford was doing, for instance, in, yeah. in um, Winter Soldier. Like they were, again, they were leaning into it. They knew exactly what they were. And we sort of got to go back and mine some of those. Like, it's like the old British theatre actors, what they bring to it. Like, they can just come in, hit it every single time. Um, 
Yeah, it's me. It's I like I have a ball going back to this. I was just watching it going, <laughs> oh, that's. I was having an argument with someone the other day about what's better, like Rogue Nation or Fallout, and he was like well and truly in the Fallout camp and just rolling him through like this sequence is in like Rogue Nation. This is this, and he's like that, like because like he was blurring four and <laughs> blurring five the together, lines. And he's like, and he's like, oh, that's right. Like I just and he's like concedes like the eight things he loves he's like yeah but it's still fallout for me I'm like, no, it's not, <laughs> not that easy with like iron man 3 he's like oh that's here and that's here and like like again I, those I, are the party house secrets at the end they're all bang like, I, I think in iron man 3 and this is my memory i was trying to think back to like what i thought about it at the time and i remembered mm-hmm. that iron man iron man the first Iron Man, obviously is a spectacular superhero movie. It is just pure personality from both Favreau and, and Downey. And it's just killer. Wall to wall is absolutely just charming the pants off you completely. It's sensational. And then Iron Man two came along and it then suffered under the burden that some of the later movies did where like, you know, at the time it was, it felt so like it was hinging on building to this Avengers movie. And at that stage, it was an unknown quantity. We didn't know what we're going to get out of Avengers. What is, was it going to be good? Was it going to stink up the place? Like we had no idea. Like we were going with these movies, like we'd seen the incredible Hulk and I don't know about you guys, but I'm so much more a fan of Ang Lee's Hulk than the incredible Hulk. I thought the incredible Hulk stunk. I really liked Ang Ang Lee's Hulk has Sam Elliott saying mutant French poodle in that that voice. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that wins me. 10 out of 10, right? 10 out of 10. So you got that, but you had Iron Man. Terrific. You had Thor, which is super fun. Like very, you know, Mm. you know, took a lot. Thor is just like Kenneth Branagh doing just, Big old British pantomime, Dutch angles, all yeah, yeah. Du- yeah. all the Dutch angles. <laughs> Great. Fun. I was just gonna say, he's yeah. got old, more Dutch like, space angles. opera. You don't get that much. D- <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Captain America, the first Avenger, which I think is it's it's, it's just Joe Johnson doing Rocketeer again. It's and it's yeah, it works. It's it works. It's so wholesome and just great. And it's wonderful. so earnest. It's so earnest, earnest. Mm. and great, sensational. And then you yeah. get Iron Man two, and I feel like a lot of the stuff that was leveled about the concept of these was like, after oh, they're building to this big thing called the Avengers, is it just going to be all this like, Hey, you had to go see these other movies to enjoy the movie that you're currently watching. Mm-hmm. And that's the trap that Macquarie always talks about attempting to not do when he's making mission movies, which is like, I don't want you to be thinking about another movie when you're watching my movie. I want you to be thinking yeah, they're about not, the and, movie you're watching. They're not homework, which the yes. last, the mm. last couple of felt the last, like, you know, have just felt like utter homework. And mm. they're the most depressing scene, I think, in, and this was the same case back then. Everyone was saying this, but the fact now you all hang, I still hang out for the post credit like stinger. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like gone. I'm out, I'm like out I'm outside, of, like I'm outside a methadone clinic, like just going. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always thinking like, it's probably going to be shit. Like it's, but, but what if it's Wolverine? Yeah. And I'm like, I fucking, yeah. hate, I fucking hate myself every single time I sit there going, if I just get a guy that a claw comes out of his hand, I'm back. And I go, I fucking hate myself every, every single time. And every single time they suck because they haven't done a post credit singer now for, mm. I don't know, for eight years it's actually meant anything. And we've ever seen no, they've all been like, the follow through yeah, now. They're just like, Someone comes on the screen now and just goes, beep, beep, beep. and I go, oh, great. Now I've got to go fucking Google Marvu. Beep, beep, beep. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> not going to turn up in there. I'm like, great. And I'm, I've now just incurred $4 parking fee because I went past <laughs> three and a half hours at Westfield. So great. Just for a shitty, for a shitty thing I could have Googled. Funny enough, that's yeah. why the only, the only sort of phase four film I've actually liked was Shang-Chi because that was yeah. standalone. Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. It didn't really link to any of the others. It was just yeah, it's just it to be its own little sort of old-fashioned kind of Jackie Chan fantasy kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, like I, it's its own like Marvel Wusha sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, but when you think back to Iron Man two, the big burden was like, man, this is just trying to be this interconnected thing. And then I think by the time, but it's also did, the character. Did you yes, notice that yeah. with that with Iron Man two? It's yeah. like Tony Stark is a very tricky character because he's so he can be a very abrasive. 
Yes. Very condescending. And that can come off as like a real prick if you don't handle it too well. That's the whole thing. Danny has such charisma. He can do it pretty much well in his sleep. But there was something with that film. That was the one film in the three that it felt off. Yeah. It didn't it felt, like, felt it. It feels it just, mean. Yeah. yeah. Like I Man 2 feels and, mean. It just feels like Whiplash is mean for the sake of because you stole my my father's arc react like everything just feels like nasty. We see him getting yeah. I mean the Formula One stuff's fun. There's um Sam Rockwell's always good as that. But Sam Rockwell's the of, star of that movie. He's so much more fun he, than Tony Stark. Yeah. He's so yeah. much more fun. And he, yeah. And um, it just feels like I, it's a burden. He finds the shield and everyone's just like, oh, it's just like spot the other movie that you don't want to be watching. And it was just like boring yeah. as batshit. And then so when Iron Man 3 came around, it really felt like at the time an incredible return to form. So like we saw the Avengers, mm. which was great. It's like, can these guys go back to their own segment, their own apartment in the build, in the growing, you know, in the growing compound yeah. that is Marvel movies and still throw their great party that has its own feeling and its own mood and its own tone. And this is one of those last like true marriages of like art, like artist who is perfectly suited to the material to come in and go, yeah, I, I know how to, I know how to deploy Downey in such a fun way. I know how to have the right actors who are sitting in the background to do this stuff. And it just, for me, it just succeeds and succeeds and succeeds in just such an unbelievable way that like every time I watch it now, I'm like, God, we missed it. We missed something here. Yeah. And, and it's brisk as, I mean, it get it clips along as well. Like you'd ever find mm. yourself in those, any major lulls. Like it remembers no. to be, it remembers to be the cheeseburger that it needs to be as well. Yes, it does. I, it do, does. I do. I do love the kid as well when they're when he's about to drive off and he's like, "But I'm cold," and he goes, "Yeah, I, can, I know you're cold. How? Because we're connected." <laughs> it's and even that... stuff like the, the the watch, like the door of the Explorer, like mm, when the guy breaks the watch, he's like, "That wasn't mine. That was my friend. That was my friend's sister." Four props to those bodyguards, that, that whole scene. Obviously, I think uh, the ponytail guy has been in a few films, actually. I think he plays that sort of role. <laughs> I've got it to was, find who that ponytail fun. guy. Ponytail guy from Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah, you could see him standing on the docks waiting for the shipment of cocaine to come in or yeah, yeah. at the hand at the handover at the Sorry, warehouse of it, the cocaine. His <laughs> name's Mark Cooper and his name is... Mm, yeah. Ponytail Express is actually his yes. name. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and Mark Cooper has been in Oh my god, this is so great. I'm going to I'm going to check it out. So he's um he's he's a stunty. He's a famous stunty. In fact, yeah. he worked on yeah. he worked on um Mandalorian. It's got him as a stunty in The Mandalorian and that no, did a no. whole bunch of stunts for like Captain Marvel and he's just fantastic fantastic as a stunty in like so many movies for like decades and decades and as an actor he's been like a guard a thug i'm reading out his character yeah. names he's to, to, like guard thug um man outside bar bodyguard man in diner like that's who he is ponytail I, express that's the one thing i remember coming from two into this was favreau mm. looking like he was not as like he was having a bit more fun as happy yeah, because he wasn't like directing and having the burden of this whole freaking franchise on his shoulders. Because he was doing time. more action. Remember, he did like the Black Widow action sequence yes. in the first one, in the second one, where they're in like the boxing ring together. Then at the yeah. end, they're storming whatever the fucking compound is. They're storming. Um, it's been a long <laughs> time since I've seen it, but I just remember. I remember him coming on screen in this, just going, "Oh, he looks like he's just hanging out with his buds." Yeah, like the stuff with the badges is cool. The Downton Abbey. The Badgers, Downton Abbey. He rules. The Downton Abbey (laughs) touch is so fantastic. The look look he gives the nurse through (laughs) all of the, when he's all burned up. The makeup and stuff, yeah. The nurse, just like, the closest he's ever been to a woman in his life. And they both (laughs) watched Downton Abbey together. I was like, well done, Fabs. You've uh, solved this. It yeah, he. I mean, like that was when you believe that Fav could hook up with like a nice looking nurse, as opposed to like yeah, hooking yeah. up with Aunt May, which you're like, dude, you are yeah. punching, bro. Yeah. No, no, he's, 
that break that's the only thing that's broken my sense of disbelief <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not all the technology it's not that with sunglasses no. you can call down the no. apocalypse it's 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 that no. he could hook up with Aunt May. yeah especially in those jeans <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i like this i think it's still top tier i think it's towards the yeah, upper tier mcu i think it's it's that, the test that, of this period where you had like this and then I think it was Guardians one and Captain America Winter Soldier the next year. Yeah, yeah. It was like whoa. It's like strong still period. Yeah, strong period. Because yeah. yeah. how long? When did Ant Ant Man? I was going to. Ant Man was in this phase. Ant Man was in this. Yeah, phase. the end of this phase. Yeah, yeah. Because Ant Man was still fun as well. Like Ant Man, those they they all still work. Like when you know having Mike having Douglas in there. Like when Michael work. Pena tells that story in Ant Man, that might be one of the best sequences in the whole series. Oh, the drunk, like the drunk history story, like yeah, the or drunk the, which one, story. one in the van or the drunk, like yeah, because I mean that's the other thing. All I still remember was that around this time, had the Edgar Wright stuff started by this, it was probably after. The uh, uh, yeah, that would have been uh, that in terms of actually going into production. Yeah, it was around this time. It was after the release of this, um, but because for the Man was twenty fifteen, so that would have been production twenty fourteen. They were starting to be at sort of the growing pains that Star Wars has gone through of losing um, creatives. Marvel was mm. starting to like, they lost someone off for the Dark World late, didn't they lose? Yeah. Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Patty Jenkins yeah. And then there was another female director that came in for that. And then they had a couple of others that like the Edgar Wright was probably one of the mm. bigger. Did they jumped into out. Hikaru Garth. Was that who it was? I think it, I felt, I feel like it was Patty Jenkins. That was Jenkins. Michelle McLaren, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, McCurran, yes, yes, yes. It Nikki, was McCurran. Yes, yeah. Nikki Cara did. Didn't she just do? No, I thought. She, oh, she's got something out now, didn't she? Didn't Nikki yeah, Cara do? Yeah, she's got that J Lo movie. J Lo movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she but, did Mulan as well. Yeah. So yes, there's a, there's there's yeah, a few yeah. that like yeah. This time they had a people a couple of people fall out, and then I feel like they found when they when the Russos came in and did that second cat movie, it was like yeah, oh they found Civil they War. got yeah. So when they yeah they no did they no Civil they did Winter Soldier. Yeah, but they also did Civil War as well. Yeah, and then they came, they, but they yeah. came in and they were like, oh, yeah, these then, are the guys. Like, these are the guys. And then they sort this. of built it over those necks. They became a couple of tent poles that they built everything from, which, yeah, you know, it, it still works. I mean, they haven't made anything of note since. But, <laughs> well, <laughs> well they, they might just fund the first AI movie studio because, you know, that's. Yeah. We'll just see. We'll just see what happens with the Russos. They they just feel like memes. Every time the Garth, who I know is actually a legit yeah. newsman, writes a story about the Russos. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I just what I read it and I'm like, is Garth finally cracked? Like, has he actually cracked yeah. and just like gone and started turning the side into the onion? Like, I don't know. Yeah. With the, when the Russos have a new news story, it's like I don't know. Yeah. Man. There yeah, are times. Look, look, Shane Black though. Talking of Iron Man three. Shane Black does such a good job on this movie. And, and this is the time where, you know, speaking for, you know, Downey's, it's almost like Shane Black did the huge favor for Downey to get him into Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That was his like true reemergence back on the scene after a, a whole bunch of troubles. He gets himself out of direct the jail with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, comes in and does Iron Man 3. And then it's just like, okay, cool. He can uh, make some more movies. He makes The Nice Guys a couple of years later, which, Again, horrendously underrated. And if we're still doing decade project episodes, you'll definitely hear that in a couple of years' time. I'll be doing an episode on the Nice Guys because it absolutely deserves it. It's a sensational movie, and we've potted about it before. But then he kind of does the Predator, which by all accounts again. But that was my that that was mired in production hell as well. Yeah, like, yeah that that, they they redid a whole bunch of that movie. That was yeah, a lot of problems. He with got that. left. I think he got left holding the bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is 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 there a release? The Predator cut, Garth? Do we know if there's a no? No, a a lot of it happened sort of enough. What happened early on, and then there was a lot of it still unfinished. It's that kind of thing where you need a Zack Snyder, a couple of million bucks to really sort of finish it. Couple wasn't it forty in the end? They gave him for Justice League. (laughs) Yeah, so he. Oh no, no, Justice League was a lot more than that. Oh wow, Snyder's one cost about seventy million. I think to finish. So. He currently has only, he's got three things or two things that are in pre-production, Lethal Weapon 5, which um, is uh, apparently written by Shane Black and Richard Wenk and dire- is going to be directed by Mel Gibson. That is, uh, is there's no at this, to- at this stage, I'm playing Riggs. All right. That's how long that's been around. <laughs> oh man. And, 
And then there's Doc Savage, which is another independent comic. Oh, that's been around. For, he's been trying to do that for yeah, 15 exactly. years. Yeah. Keeps saying that that's with Dwayne Johnson, but you know, like I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, that's a dumb piece of casting if ever I've heard it. And then there's another one here that says he's in pre-production of, of something called Play Dirty, which looks like is that a Parker novel? Oh, it's one of the yeah. Well, it's it says the, the characters Aguilera biopic. No, it says pa- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dirty. Um, um, <laughs> and no, but it's um, it's it's from it's apparently starring Downey. So you know that there's okay. a shame. There's a shame black one that's on the horizon. So it's funny. This man has gone through from being the like rock star screenwriter, um, having an eighty-seven to pretty much you know eighty-seven to kind of ninety-two three. Um, Lethal Weapons, Monster Squad, Last Boy Scout. And then um, he kind of has a little gap after The Last Action Hero because that movie tanks so bad, even though it's pretty fun. Um, and then Long Kiss Goodnight, Lethal Weapon 4, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But for the longest time, he's just kind of like been on the outs. Yeah. 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 I wonder how much he That's... does that we don't know if he does a lot of like yeah, he might be the whole thing. That happens a lot. That does happen a lot, yeah. a lot, of, yeah. a lot of them. A lot of mercenary. Yeah, that's, what, that's what's interesting listening to that Macquarie stuff when you're yes. like, oh, then we just like, oh, yeah, we talked to Macquarie about this for an afternoon and he came in and took a took a pass at this massive title, couldn't break it, moved on, came in, did like, <laughs> it's, yeah, there'd be a lot of that. But, and these guys probably don't need to. You have a run like that in the in the 80s, it would have been um, some decent some decent coin. But yeah, I'll, it was like four, I'll five. always... I'll, I'll always see a Shane Black film, like whatever it is. I'll always, yeah. like, I'll always, like, because you'll, I mean, yeah, it might be this, it might be Predators, um, you know, like I say, I think I'm lower on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang than most, but I think it's that chemistry. Oh, between I adore the, it. Between, I adore it. Between him and Val is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you think, like, as we're wrapping up, like, you think the actual, the visual look of this is very sort of like a television, like, it's very televisual. There's not a lot of, like there's not a lot of striking shots. Not that not that, until that one well, like, absolutely out of this world plane sequence. It is quite yeah, modest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that, mm. that as an action technique. So, but he's most of like his like his camera is pretty straightforward. Like yeah, he doesn't muck around. He's yeah, very yeah, yeah, he's that's very, true. It's, that's true. It's, it's very workmanlike. Like it gives people places yeah, like to cook. 80s. He, he, yeah, well, like we're going to do prisoners next, and that we're gonna we got we got a lot more visuals and stuff to talk about there. Yeah. So <laughs> But no, it's a, it's still a big thumbs up even ten years later for me on Iron Man three. Yeah, I think when I think back now, I'm like, there there was a time, and it's, you know, in the past you might go, oh, I wish they were still like this, but I don't care anymore. Like I I'm no. so glad that this exists. <laughs> no. I can go back and really enjoy it and be like, this was a time when this entire franchise felt like it had possibility and felt like it had fun and felt like it had a wider appeal, and it's slowly ground itself into this pocket that there's this very rabid fan, very rabid two to $500 million American fandom that will just go out and see this movie 27 times. And then there's the rest of us who go out and watch it. And like, depending on whether it's actually good, we'll like tip it over into the high close to a Billy mark or, or just kind of go, I'll wait until it pops on my Disney plus in 15 minutes. Like that's basically the, the quandary that they put themselves in, but it, it actually made me miss like the event. It made me think of like seeing that first Iron Man three trailer and knowing that Shane Black was going to be directing it and then seeing him carry the suit. And it's like, Oh my God, like, this is so sick. Like it made me like, remember that very fondly. Made me remember being a guy who could have his 30th birthday and dress as Iron Man and go on a pub crawl. Yeah. Maybe remember that. Um, I and vaguely, it, <laughs> I re- vaguely remember running into you guys at the bank. Vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. By that stage, I don't know if I ever told this story on a podcast, but so it's a good. I think it's a good way to end. I know how good this movie is because it came out. It came out in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, right? So it's ten years ago. Um, mm. These movies were so huge that at my thirtieth, which is now eight years ago. So like 2015, I dressed as Iron Man in like a pretty cool dress up suit 
And I walked into the bank hotel in Newtown in Sydney and people cheered and came over and took yeah. my mask off and put it they, on their heads and took selfies with it. And we're going freaking crazy. Like they were, were cheering for Garth star Lord. <laughs> yeah, they did that too. I mean, that was a great star Lord outfit. It was, really- I remember, I remember, I remember, we had yeah, the bartender and everything and like, here we go. Oh yeah, you're Iron Man. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm like that's Star Lord, bro. And he's like, okay, have a shot. Um, Show great times. Show some respect on Star Lord's name. Very fun. Um, but no, this movie just rocks and it bites, and it's it's a it's a total. It's so fun to see a filmmaker play in the sandbox and be allowed to play in it. You know, so I think, you know, Stu and I, I know talk quite a bit about Rogue One, which has grown on me tremendously. And in the wake of Andor um, has grown on me probably even more. And it's like, oh, remember when they used to just let someone have a go in the sandbox and not have to worry about mm-hmm. the the stock of the company being in jeopardy, you know, yeah, just yeah, gave yeah. them a crack. <laughs> and you know, like yeah. I, I, I really miss that. And I think if there's anything over the last 10 years is that, that we don't see it anymore, but lads, thank you so much for doing the first of two. So let's uh, put a stamp on Iron Man three, any far, final thoughts, uh, Garth, before we jump off or Stu? No, I'm good. No, that's, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's one of those films that's just, I, I, to this day, I get a lot of flack for you know really loving it. It's one of the ones that there's some people that just no matter how much time has passed, they just can't get past certain things in this movie. I'm not sure why, but that's the well. That's well the yeah, I, I don't look. That's their problem. I'm going to say it right yeah. now. If you don't like this one, I don't understand. I don't know what to, I don't know what more you want out of these damn movies. Like as an adult, yeah. as an adult person, yeah. I mean, for the. The question that I shouldn't be asking anyway, you know, like as a, <laughs> as a, as a 47-year-old man, what do you want from the, the movie designed for 12-year-olds? <laughs> yeah. So I would just say it absolutely rules. And um, it showed that there was an ability to kind of really, truly hit a full quadrant appeal. And I miss it. I miss, I miss enjoying a Marvel movie coming out like it was an event. I miss it. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. Well, that's enough, lads. Thank you so much. Um, obviously, you can find uh, Garth at darkhorizons.com or at darkhorizons on uh, the Twitter sphere. You can find all of his stuff there. And, you know, you'll often see both Stu and I interacting. You can find Stu on Twitter at Stu underscore watches. Or if you just go into, usually it's actually better as an interface like Spotify. You can go into your show and you can search episodes. He's on about 30 One Heat Minute Productions episodes. Mm. He's on about 10 Patreon episodes. You'll find him all over the place. He's a, he's, I, I mean, I know on other shows that They've got like, he's, you know, people will say he's like an MVP. He's an all-star. He's this. He's just part of the furniture in One Heat Minute Productions. He's everywhere. He's all <laughs> over. He's a he's an essential member. And it's so nice to have him back um, to, to talk about this as well. Both of you lads. This is always fun when we're together. Pleasure. <laughs> always. And it feels like such a 20th century movie. It feels like something David Lean would have done or tried to do uh, when he still had that kind of currency. And even then he might not have succeeded. It's incredible. Cause like, if you, if you don't have time to watch all five seasons of Lost, you can just watch Fearless. <laughs> not a week goes by that I don't think of the ending of Gallipoli. It's left a mark, a uh, year of living dangerously. Uh, you know, and then something like Last Wave, even that's so uh, deeply embedded with the land and the story of the land, the story of the place. You know, I don't know that I'd seen very many movies at that point in my life that had such a down ending and they had such a, you know, sort of strong sense of folklore uh, 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 attached to it as that. And something always so poetic and lyrical about Peter Weir's work. Gallipoli was the first movie that ever traumatized me, and I don't think I ever really recovered from it. (laughs) And I'm still upset that they played it in school. Like, I don't think it's actually possible to make an, they say it's not possible to make an anti-war movie, but I think Peter Weir pulled it off. 
because yes. no one watches that movie then thinks i want to go to war uh, peter weir is the greatest director that australia has ever produced like bar none hands down like no yeah. one else has even in the room i think you have covered some really titanic filmmakers and some really titanic films so far but i i truly think what makes Peter Weir special and what makes you doing this one special is we don't talk about Peter Weir that way and we should. Peter Weir is one of those guys who I don't get why he isn't a bigger name, why he isn't more in that rarefied air yes. because I think film for film, he's one of our very best filmmakers. He has brought his A game repeatedly to <laughs> many properties. There are films of his that I hold very dear, Fearless, uh, you know, uh, the Mosquito Coast. I will fight somebody if they talk bad about the Mosquito Coast. It's, man, I love that movie. But in general, I just think he is a special filmmaker, a smart, lyrical, um, hallucinatory filmmaker. He's a very dreamy filmmaker, and I don't think he gets his due. You know, Master Commander is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, you know, easily one of the best movies of the last 20 years. It's... Uh, uh, at, you know, it's a grand scale. There's a historical backdrop to it, but at the same time, there's a, such an intimacy in the relationships. Uh, which I think is not just a great film and one of the last great epics in the truest sense. Um, I, I think is actually kind of a sliding doors change point moment in, in cinema history. I think 2003, when that comes along and it is a an old fashioned, you know, we don't make them like that anymore type film. I think if Master and Commander spawns a franchise at that point, the entire cinema landscape globally is completely different. That That's the movie that I wanted to see 10 of those, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I know they're big fans of Fast and Furious and everything, and God bless you, but Master and Commander <laughs> should have been. It's one of those things, again, I, I am not, uh, I'm not a seafaring man, sir. <laughs> but there is a sense of authenticity. There's a sense of really watching a, a genuine dedication to recreating history unfold on a big screen in front of you that, that you can't help but inspire just genuine admiration and awe. If you're gonna pick a film where he really brings every one of his skills to the table, it's Master and Commander. I think you picked the right one, man. Yeah, very excited to see what you you pull you pull out of this Blake that's right our next series is Peter Weir and Russell Crowe's Master and Commander the series is called Podcaster and Commander <laughs>